Thank you for joining us today for the ministry of the word at Foundation Church. We pray that what you hear today will be as much of a blessing for you as it was for the people of our congregation. Greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our King. Greetings. Greetings. Joy, I'm glad to see you came. I thought, Chris, not that I don't love you, but I only saw you and I didn't see Joy. (laughs) And I thought, man, Joy's not going to be here today, but she came out. Finally, and she even made it, while she walked in, guys, she had one hand up as she was uh, doing, the, doing, the, doing the greeting. It's a wonderful thing to be in the house of the Lord with the people that you love. Amen? Amen. And I'm so thankful the Lord brought the Hatfields back from the uh, edge of paradise there where the sun rises on the water, right? And uh, brought our team back, too, from beautiful... Uh, sunrise places that are a little bit dangerous and scary, but hey, we made it back. Amen. Psalm 112 says, praise ye the Lord. Why don't we just say that together as a congregation? Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. And I, I want to emphasize that. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion, and he is righteous. A good man shows favor, and he lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever, for righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, and he shall not be afraid. Are you starting to hear a theme here in Psalm 12? Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, and blessed is the man who's not afraid of a whole lot. He's not afraid of bad news. He's not afraid of things that might come to pass. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever and his horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. The opposite of that would be the Lord endures forever. Amen? Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you do endure forever, that your mercies are new every morning, that you love us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we put our trust in you, then nothing else really matters. Lord, we we say that, Lord, but we don't believe it. And oftentimes you help us to come to understand it, Lord. Help us today as we go into your word and As we spend time together lifting up your name, help us, Lord, to just um, relax and rest in you. Lord, this is what you've called us here to do today, to take a rest from our labors, from our worries, from our cares, and to cast all of our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. In Christ's name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. going to read one verse. I'm going to preach all of Psalm 111 today. It's only 10 verses long. I'm going to read the final verse of Psalm 111 and then I will bring to you my sermon today called The Beginning of Wisdom. Say that with me. The Beginning of Wisdom. Psalm 111 verse 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we need to be in your presence today. 
We need to hear your word. I pray that your word confronts us where we sin, points out where we need to repent, and Lord, that it leads us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. In Christ's name we pray and all God's church said, you may be seated. I love how God plans things. God planned for me to be preaching Psalm 111 today, uh, right after the week of beginning Wisdom Ways, uh, our exploration through the wisdom literature of the Bible through uh, Psalms and or through Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Proverbs 1.7, as those who were there uh, uh, <clears throat> on Thursday night remember, it teaches us this, that the fear of the Lord, everybody say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Later, in Solomon's famed collection of divine wisdom, we also learn that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me, thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou wilt be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou shalt alone Bear it, Proverbs 9, verses 10 and through 12. These are not merely pithy statements. These are not words uh, just to be glossed over as poetry. They are words of life that speak directly against the foolishness of our own hearts. It seems that God put Psalm 111 and Psalm 112 together. We just heard Psalm 12, that 112 that says, Blessed is he that fears the Lord. Blessed is he that is not afraid that bad news is coming. Blessed is him that's not afraid when this happens and when that happens. Can you see where this high idea of the fear of the Lord is being communicated here in two Psalms in a row? So apparently Foundation Church needs a double dose of remembering who we should fear, and what we should fear, and what we should not. How many will agree that you might need a double dose of this lesson? I know that I do. We tend to fear everything first before we fear the Lord. We tend to seek after everything first before seeking the wisdom of the world. This is our brokenness. It's our sinfulness as Adam and Eve in the garden. They wanted to know good and evil more than they wanted to know God himself. We seek our own good and evil and our own fears and treasures and we put them first. Adam and Eve believing the lies of the serpent thought they would become like God if they knew for themselves good and evil. They did not need God to direct them. But as we gather here today, considering the wisdom of Psalm 111, the psalmist reminds us that we need to seek after God's wisdom and do so from the fear of the Lord. You know, when you think about worldly wisdom and you think about uh, how we learn and, and you think about, you know, maybe trying to entice someone to read the word of God, you really wouldn't come up with, you should fear God. It would not be a popular message in the broader evangelical church today to say, you know, what we really need to be is be terrified of God. We need to fear Him above all else. I don't think that it's a popular message, but it is a message that we need to hear today. We need to fear God. We are fearful people, but as the Bible tells us, perfect love casts out all fear. Now, it doesn't cast out fear of Him, you know, there are a lot of things I think we get wrong. Fear is not a bad thing. Fear's a good thing. When you're in a boat and there's 20-foot waves in the, the cold Atlantic, you should fear falling overboard. You're going to die, okay? If your house is on fire and there's smoke, you should fear it. You should, it should propel you like a rocket out of your home, if you're 
looking at, you know, maybe you've been watching television this week. And, you know, I, I think is every week Shark Week? Like, is every week of the year Shark Week? I don't know, but, but it seems like whatever, it's Shark Week, Shark Week. I've been hearing this for like three months, Shark Week. Like, anyway. But if you're, you're looking over the side of the boat and you see a great white shark with giant teeth and blood coming out of its mouth, you should fear jumping in the water. There's nothing wrong with fear. Fear is educational. It is life-preserving, okay? This is not, oh, it's time to go swimming. Isn't it nice? It's hot outside. Let's jump in the water. No, I think I see something in the water that makes me fear going in the water, and that means you're going to live, okay? Fear's not a bad thing. But we've got to fear the Lord first. Everybody say, fear the Lord first. You see, there are times when we've got to put aside our natural fears. Like, do you remember uh, Peter? He's in the boat and there's just, you know, there's, there, Jesus is walking on the water. That was scary for them. Wow, look at this, you know. And Jesus is like, well, you know, you can come out here and walk with me, right? It was scary. I mean, how many of you think it would just be cool you know, oh, no big deal. I'll just step out on water. And of course, it's going to hold me. Even if Jesus was standing there, you would probably be scared. And even though Peter was doing it, and he was doing it with the help of the Lord, when he got to looking at the wind and the waves, what happened to him? He began to sink because he became fearful. And instead of fearing the Lord first, he began to fear what he saw around him. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. He does not mature. We love him because he first loved us. How, how many of you know this is true? Fear is tormenting. How many have been tormented by your fears. I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. I may just keep my hand up the whole rest of the service. We're afraid of everything. And I'm telling you, we're so afraid that we don't even really like to talk about it. And apparently we need two weeks to remember that we are to fear, but we're to fear God first. We fear what hasn't happened yet. We fear what might happen. We're fear what people think about us. We, we're afraid of things that aren't even real. Fear of God doesn't do this. It does not torment us like these other things do. That's why Jesus helps us. He's like, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be bad when it comes, okay? It's gonna, they're going to have rough stuff. Don't worry about it. Don't spend one more moment today fearing tomorrow. Why is Jesus doing this? Because he, he knows what we're like. Oh, tomorrow. <sighs> when this happens, oh. I mean, I just heard a rumor there's layoffs. Oh, oh, I'm going to be next. And then what am I going to do? And how are we going to pay the bills? And what are we going to do? And, and it's going to be terrible. And, and I don't know. Are we gonna, how are we going to feed the children? Oh, God. Folks, that's us. Oh, the market just collapsed. And, and my retirement account, it's, oh, it's shrinking. And I, I don't, I'm never going to have the money I need to live to, to, to provide. Oh, oh. Folks, this is our whole life. We live in fear, but not the right kind. You know, people don't have a problem with faith either. It's that they have the faith in the wrong things. They have faith that their job will provide for them. And as long as they have a good job, they're happy. Oh, look, the check's coming in the mail. I don't understand why we have more faith in the company than we have in the God of the universe. But we do. Folks, some of us, well, I don't know, there's, there's no one here that's that old, but you remember it. The whole world still shook up over the Great Depression. The stock market collapsed. People went from thinking they had something to jumping off buildings and freaking out of their mind and, and wanting to kill themselves. Why? Because they lost all. They lost it all.
Fear of God does not torment us. It leads us to greener pastures and besides still waters, we fear men. We fear not having what we need. We fear the future. We fear our past. Folks, I'm telling you, when we get, if I wanted to spend hours talking about this, I think we'd all just be sick to our stomachs. We fear our, oh, what if people found out who I was? And what if they knew about me? Or what if this catches up to me? Or, or, or what, if, what if people, we fear the past. We fear being seen for who we really are. But as the Bible teaches, none of these fears will lead us in the paths of righteousness. They will lead us to perdition. It is only the fear of the Lord that will lead us to the true knowledge worth knowing, the wisdom that is from above. And we heard this in our reading today from James chapter 3. Who is wise and endued with the knowledge among you? Let him show out of the good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envyings and strife in your hearts, glory not, lie not against the truth. The wisdom that descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. You know, when you fear the world, you will have worldly wisdom. But when you fear God, you're going to have godly wisdom. For where envying strife is, there's confusion, there's every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality without hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Man, this, this, this is what I want. How many want seven, verses 17 and 18 to be you? You want to be a peacemaker? Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God, right? I want to be a peacemaker. How many want to have pure, peaceable, gentleness, easy to be entreated, full of mercy? How many want to be that? I do. But the Bible tells us that the pathway to wisdom from God like that is to fear Him. And I really believe that we've spent so much of our lives and so much of our time fearing other things that we end up with worldly wisdom. I believe the wisdom of the world comes from fearing it. Fearing the Lord leads us to what will endure forever in the same way that we are not to love the world. We're not to fear it either. And I don't really like it when people do this and so I'm not, I, well, okay, I guess I'm going to do it even though I don't like it when other people do it. But you guys know the scripture, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If you take the word fear and you stick it in there, it works too. Fear not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man fears the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's a scripture. I'm just... For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. You know, most of the things we fear are never going to even be around. They're not going to last. You will outlive everything you're afraid of. The world is not going to abide. The things you're afraid of are not going to abide. The evil men that you're worried about, are, they're not going to be around. So I'm going to go here into Psalm 111 and we're just going to go verse, verse by verse. And we're going to look at our fears a little bit more closely. There's no inspired heading. There's no author given for this psalm. But I love what it says. It says, praise ye the Lord. Come on, let's do it. Praise ye the Lord. It's how Psalm 112 next week's going to begin. Why? Because that's where we got to start. Because we come together and instead of doing praising God, what we want to do is we want to complain. We want to murmur. We want to fear. We want to worry. We want to do all these things. And God says, okay, shut up. Praise ye the Lord. Why? Because he's worthy to be praised. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. We should not waste our breath complaining or murmuring. It is sinful and pointless. And it leads us to nothing good. We can always heed the command to praise ye the Lord. And we can always be reminded that this should not be a half-hearted response. You know, we're never half-hearted about our fears, are we? <laughs> Why 
Why are we half-hearted in our praise to God, but we're not half-hearted about our fears? Imagine if when you're in Myrtle Beach and you got all the kids and they're there and you're playing and someone said, Shark! Nobody goes, Shark. Christina wouldn't go, Guys, let's just get out of the water. No, you'd be like, Get out of the water! Right? Isn't that what we do? We're never half-hearted about the things that we're afraid of. I saw a video this week, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for these little things. I saw a video this week of this, there, there's, a, there, there, there's a, these people in a car and, and their little dog, apparently they let their dog out to go to the bathroom and a bear comes out and jumps on the dog. You guys see this? And I'm thinking, oh my word, this woman decided not today, not my dog. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? And the woman gets out, she's like, and she starts screaming at the bear. And I'm like, wow, okay, now we're talking. Somebody just checked out, right? She was afraid. She was more afraid her little doggy was going to get killed than she was of the bear that could eat her. The bear was at least twice her size. But the doggy got away. You know, it was fantastic. It was, it was great. But what I'm saying is nobody that I know is half-hearted about their fears, right? We order our whole life around them. We worry about them. We fret over them. We sweat over them. Oh, what's going to happen if this happens? So when he says, praise you the Lord with my whole heart, I will praise him. We should praise him with our whole hearts, with all that we have within us as we gather here today, as many of us have done for decades we are reminded how important it is for us to do this when we are together. Praise ye the Lord. He's good. His mercy endures forever. There is no better use of our time and energy and nothing that will bear better fruit in our life. God has knit us together in him and built us up as a holy habitation. In him we live and we move and we have our being. And our praise magnifies his holy name. He loves it when we praise him together. And I think we should learn how to do it with all of our hearts. And we should have fun doing it. Amen? When we're doing wrong, we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together in fear. Growing up, this was a practice of many people. They would be living in sin. They'd be, right, honey? They'd be like, you know, I didn't have a good week. I wasn't living for God. I was really discouraged. That's why I stayed home today. Folks, it, it, you know, in our church, we don't have this problem per se, but don't let it start. Come together to praise the mighty name. Be washed in his blood. Lift up the name of the Lord. As we come to verse 2, it says, The works of the Lord are great, sought out, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. Don't miss this sought out. Are you seeking? Do you want to know? what You know, the, the whole book of Proverbs, if you're going to get it, get something. Ecclesiastes, if you're going to get something, if you're going to seek something, it's going to be wisdom. Search it out. Find it. Get it. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Sought out of all them that have pleasure in him. God invites us not to fear our weaknesses. And what we believe is coming in our futures. We seek to know God's work from his word and from walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. The spiritual pursuit of all the treasures of godliness set forth in his word are for our discovery and for our use. As God takes pleasure in us, we are to take pleasure in the great learning adventure that he sets before us. For our good, he has brought the fires of purification. For our good, he has given us all that we need that pertains to godliness. Proverbs 2, verses 2 through 7 says this, So that thou would incline thy ear to wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, if thou searchest for her as hidden treasures. This is not a half-heartedness, Sister Jackie. This is a I want it. I want it more than I want anything. I'm searching for it more than I'm searching for anything. 
And I think that a healthy fear of God leads us to the wisdom of the Bible because instead of just doing things the way we want to do them, we go, what does God want from me? Just like David, right? Here they, God had given them the Ark of the Covenant back and they were returning it and boom! The man reaches out to steady it. He's dead. David says, I need to stop. I need to find out what God's word says. What have we done wrong? The fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom and knowledge and what to do. And then they learned the right way to bring the ark back to its rightful place. Thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord, it says in Proverbs 2, and define the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. I think that many of us forget that Jesus taught us the parable of the treasures and the pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which when a man has found it. For the joy that he has in finding it, he goes and he sells everything that he has and he buys that field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he found it, one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Folks, we work so hard. We spend so much time. We put so much effort into building our lives around the fears of what could and would and might. And God says, build your life on the fear of me. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust do corrupt, where thieves break in and steal. You know what we do when we get afraid? We get a security system. Instead of just go, you know what, if I don't have anything to steal, what can they take? No, we lay up treasures for ourselves and we set protections Because you know what we believe? We believe that our wealth is going to protect us. We believe that somehow we can keep it and somehow it'll provide a security for us that it cannot provide. Do you know there's no place on this earth where moth, rust, and thieves cannot get in there and mess it up? You put your trust in that, you build your bigger barns, you get your big piles, and you know what? You can believe in vain because, hey, I'll tell you what, what what was that date, December or October, the whatever, 1927, you got, what was that? Anybody know the day of that horrible crash of the stock market? Anybody remember that? A day that will live in infamy like Pearl Harbor, right? But hey, this, this rocked the world. People who were, Uh, you know, sitting in great comfort and ease were in soup lines. Everything they had was gone. There is no place, not in your house, not in your special safe, not in, uh, you know, Wall Street, not in your diversification. There is no safe place where your wealth is going to give you security. But we don't believe that. I can tell you what, I don't believe that. I, I keep saying, Lord, if I just had money, then. And God's like, yeah, as long as you keep praying that, you'll never have any. <laughs> you know what? As long as God doesn't leave me, I guess I don't really need a whole lot of money. <laughs> right? But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. I can tell you right now where our heart is is where our fears are. We, we worry about our children. We worry about our money. We worry about our jobs. We worry about what people think. We worry, we worry, we worry. But these worries, I'm telling you, will lead you to building your life around worldly wisdom. Benita's not here right now, but the other day she said, you know, I remember when 
there was a Bible study going on somewhere every night and we would all try to figure out where it was going to be so we could go to it. She goes, do you remember that? I said, yeah, I do, sweetheart. I remember that. She goes, I, may, I, I know we can't maybe go back to that day. I, I know, but man, wasn't it great? Wasn't it great when we wanted to know God's word and we wanted to know what was in it so much that wherever it was, it was going on. We wanted to be there. We wanted to get it out. We wanted to hear about it. Some of you are shaking your head. Jeremiah 29, 12 says, you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Yeah, we're Calvinists. Yeah, we believe in God's providence. But I'll tell you what, I'm a Calvinist that believes that when God says, seek me and I will find him, that I should seek him. Because the Bible says when you knock and when you seek, right, then you're going to have it. And the Bible tells us that we should seek for him. We should search for him. Where? In the scriptures. And this pursuit begins in the fear of the Lord. When we get to verse 3. Of Psalm 111 it says, His work is honorable and glorious and His righteousness endures forever. Fear of failure has caused many to do nothing. And God is inviting us today to cast the fear aside and offer God your might. Offer Him your loaves. Offer Him your fishes. And see what God will do. Much of our work ends up being proven to be wood, hay, and stubble. But that's all right. It's not what I want. But it'll burn up though. It won't continue on. But when we labor to press through the veil of the flesh. And I hope that God is using us to build the precious and enduring kingdom. That will stand no matter what storms wage. His honorable and glorious works. His Honorable and glorious works. His righteousness endures forever. And he does. And in him alone do we trust. And in him alone should we fear. When we come to verse 4, it says, He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. You know, sometimes we fear what will be said about us when we're gone. You know, and when I was younger, I never really understood that. And as I get older, I do actually. Sometimes I'll, I'll wonder. But the Bible calls us to turn away from this and fear the Lord instead, refusing to give thought to your legacy. There's something in us that says, I, I, people should know. I, I, I really did serve the Lord and I really did the best I could. And I was really a decent guy. How, do, do any of you want people to, to know? I, sometimes I do. When God did all that he has done, he did it in such a way, though, that it would be remembered. This is something I think is really, really funny. I read a recent survey that Christianity is on a heavy decline and, and you know, 20 years from now, it'll be the minority religion. How many are scared about that? Oh, that's scary, right? But I think it's funny that maybe that's happening. Maybe it's not. We'll see what God's going to do. But I think it's funny that they all know who Moses is. How many people have met a heathen? Hardly ever a heathen that doesn't know who Noah, Moses, Adam and Eve. They, they know. I don't know who's teaching them, but they know. Somehow they know. Because God has made what he has done. Memorable. Now what's funny is we can't remember what happened last week or last month or with the last presidency, but 4,000 years you know, after Moses or after Noah, we're still talking about Noah. Isn't that funny to you? Find that funny? Do you know God has made what he has done <coughs> where people can't forget it? How many heathens that don't know God, that spend all their time on TV and YouTube or whatever, still, if you say David and Goliath, they know exactly what you're talking about. Isn't that funny? I think it's very funny. God has made what he has done to be remembered. One thing to remember above all others is that the Lord is gracious though and he is full of compassion. That's something that we often forget. 
It's worth remembering when all else is forgotten, when sin weighs heavy around our necks, when your failures are ever before you, we should remember today that we have a Savior. He ever lives to make intercession for us. Sinful as we have been and still are, His mercies are new every morning. You might be here today and you are fearing the devil. You may be listening to his accusations this day or this week. He may be reminding you of all that you are and how sin-stained your hands are and how hopelessly sinful you are. But people of God, don't forget this. The Lord is gracious. He is full of compassion. Don't forget that. You know, when we remember all that God has done, we remember that all that Israel did and all the times they failed and all the times they turned away, what did God always do? He always brought them back. He has not dealt with us according to our sins or rewarded us according to our iniquities. He has loved us with an everlasting love. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be washed by his precious blood and you will be white as wool. One day when we stand before God, we will not stand there wearing our sins, but instead we will be wearing a robe of righteousness that God put on us. That's something to remember today. We're his sons and his daughters, children of the Most High King, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, not because what we've done, but because of what he has provided. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Talk about subsiding the fears of the devil's accusations. Just, you know, you, you've heard the saying when the devil comes to you saying, I know all this about you, you can say, yeah, I'm even worse than that. But let me tell you what I'm remembering today. I'm not thinking about my sins. I'm not thinking about my weakness and my failure. Today, I'm remembering the goodness of God. When we come to verse 5, it says, He gives meat to them that fear Him, and He will ever be mindful of His covenant. There are people who fear giving, not having food. Now, that's none of you. Maybe some of you actually do have this fear, but I would say it's very irrational. In the world that we live in, with all that we have around us, but... I don't think fears have to be rational, <laughs> right? We fear the irrational all the time. But when the Bible tells me this, when the Bible says he gives meat to them that fear him and he will be ever mindful of his covenant, I believe that's true. We should remember that God is our provider. When we fear him who gives us meat, he feeds us. As he feeds the sparrows, he will feed you and I. Take no thought for it, Jesus declared. Take no thought for what sustains your life, your food, your clothes, your home. So much of what we fear falls right here, but the Lord, the fear of the Lord, we should fear the Lord and depart from evil. Be not wise in our own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It is one more reason we honor the Lord in the giving of our tithes and our offering. We're saying as we give these things to God, you give us all we need, Lord. We can give this back to you because we know you're going to give us what we need. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. God is not a man that he would forget. God keeps his promises. As the apostle Peter was teaching in his second epistle, he said this. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but his longsuffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, 2 Peter 3, 9. It comes to verse 6, it says, He has showed His people the power of His works, that He may give them the heritage of the heathen. And what this brought to my mind is that we oftentimes fear the powers of this world. Don't fear the powers of this world the rich, the influential in society, the government. There is no power but that which is given by God. Submit to God and fear Him first and foremost. If we remember the words of Psalm 2 and we believe them, He said, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. 
Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. You see, when we fear the Lord, we don't fear men when we understand that all power comes from God. This is what God is doing. Let there be no doubt. Do not despair and fear those that can destroy the body. Right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Don't destroy, don't fear them that can destroy the body. You should fear him who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell. I don't think this is a threat. I think it's trying to get us to understand, yes, we should fear, but we shouldn't fear them. Fear is a good thing. In fact, it's the beginning of everything good really for us. God is a consuming fire for those who are hard-hearted and stiff-necked, who are dominated by the fears of without. And if we call on him today, guess what, guys? He will answer. Judge yourself here, confessing and forsaking your sins, and he will abundantly pardon. If we say we have not these sins, if we say we're not living in fear, if we say that we're not doing it all the time, if you're here and go, oh, I'm not afraid of anything, I'm living by the fear of the Lord. No, you're not. You absolutely are. It's when we say that we have no sins that we're deceived and we continue in them. God has shown us his power countless times throughout history and countless times in our lives if we've had our eyes open to see it. Fear the Lord today and let that be your guide to knowledge and wisdom and what you do will endure as one who holds tomorrow endures. As we come to verse seven, the works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. We work while it is day knowing that what he does throughout through our hands will endure. When we work as fearful workmen, desperately trying to earn favor from God for our time here on earth or even a place in heaven in vain, we labor in a self-righteous laboring that will not end well for us. This will never produce the fruits of righteousness. It will only produce hypocrisy. Seek in fear to know God's commandments. Pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit without which no man shall see God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. God, as we fear him, it will cause us to treat others properly. How can we hold unforgiveness over others when we know that God has said in his word, be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you? How can we be the one who God has forgiven the great debt of sin and yet we hold the little debts against others? We haul them in and throw them in jail. God would not be pleased with that. These, these parables are about fearing God. You're going to hold your sin over your brother. You're going to hold your sin over your sister. You're not going to forgive them, huh? Well, I'm not going to forgive you. And that ought to be something that should be absolutely terrifying. As we come to verse 8, it says, They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and unrighteousness and uprightness. What God has said and what he does stands forever and none of his words will fail. As I was reading this verse, I begin to ask myself this question and I want to ask it of you today. Do you ever fear your own downfall? Do you ever fear, you know, you remember what Paul says? He said, you know, after all I've done, I might become a castaway. Paul, Paul says this himself. He's, he's understanding, he's feeling the fear of the moment. Fearing that after you've given all you can give for as long as you can do it, you will find yourself lost at sea. You know, emotions are tremendously powerful things and this kind of fear can be paralyzing. God is the strength that keeps us standing though. I was talking to a friend who was going through some extremely difficult circumstances in his life and he reminded me of a passage of scripture I want to bring to you today. You know the scripture says, and having done all to stand. Stand. I love it. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read it for you here. 
Finally, my brethren, this starting in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Where did our strength come from? It comes from God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, I know why we cannot see the powers of darkness, because I'll tell you what, if we could, Jesse, you know what we'd do? We would be very afraid. We would be terrified. Because anything in our natural body would, would be able to see that a spirit being that can raise a sword and, and, and raise it across the sky and 80,000 people die, I, I don't really think we stand much of a chance against that. Right? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Say, having done all to stand, stand. Sometimes we just need to stand. We don't need to do anything. But the Bible tells us that we stand in the power and the mind of the Lord and in the fear of the Lord. There are no rear uh, armaments in the, in, the, in the armor of God. There is no shield on the back. We don't turn and we don't run. We stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto. Folks, we live in a war zone. I've been experiencing some very difficult times and I think, wonder why? Wonder why you go and you descend in the heart of darkness and in a country controlled by murder and human trafficking and you wonder, wonder why the devil wants to bother me for? Duh! You try to help the gospel be spread in a country where they hate God, where they're burning Christians and they're killing them, and you try to help them a little bit. And you know what? The devil doesn't like that. He'd like for you to just shut up and stay home and listen to Christian radio. But that's not what God has called us to do. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go, love your neighbor, visit your brother when he's in prison, visit him when they're sick, when they're thirsty, give them some water to drink. You might go, well, I don't have a lot. It doesn't matter. He didn't say you got to give him a lot of water. How about just a drink? Sometimes that's all we have to give. God will save us even from ourselves, people. And what he began in us, he will continue in us and he will bring us safely home. God does not leave any of us behind. And when he sends us out to battle, the Bible says the angel of the Lord goes before us, preparing the way. But if you think we're going to go and the enemy's just going to roll over and going to say no big deal and he's going to leave us alone and he's going to just give us happy, peaceful days and he's not going to come and torment us, what he does is he torments us though. I think when I was talking to one of my kids, that's all he's got. All he can do is try to make you afraid because he doesn't have power over you. He can't make you quit. He can make you want to quit. He can't make you, you know, he can't kill you so he can make you want to die though. Verse 9, he sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. He is our redeemer and our deliverer, our shield and our buckler. His promises never fail. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord, he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Holy is his name. Holy, holy, holy. As the six-winged seraphs cry night and day, we cry it with them now. Holy, 
Holy, holy, the whole earth is filled with his glory. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And as we come to the final verse of this song of love, a song inviting us to turn from the torments of our own fears to the Lord who loves us, the psalmist leads us home in verse 10. And he says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You might say, I've been living like a fool. Well, there's a beginning for you today. The beginning is the fear of the Lord. How many people are ready to set aside some fears and some torments that the devil is offering you? I am. And I just want to set them aside today and let the fear of the Lord be a beginning in my life. I want to live an unfearful life. And I want to live a life that is looking to Jesus and saying, if I'm going to be afraid of something and I'm going to be afraid of somebody, it's going to be him. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments and his praise endures forever. I was telling the guys up here, I can't wait. One day I said, I'm going to stand up on this platform with you guys and I'm going to go today. We're in Psalm 150. I said, that's going to feel good. But as you get into these hallelujah psalms, there's one of these psalms that I love to quote. He says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands. Oh, that psalm's coming. We ain't quite there yet, but it's coming. Fear him. Fear him alone. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn from your flimsy fears to fear the one who has all power and is using his power to save us. Lord, we are fools. Fearful fools who often fear everything and everyone before we fear you. Lord, we repent today from those fears and we call upon you to fix our feet firmly in the rock of our salvation. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we need a beginning today, a beginning of wisdom. For we have been foolish. I know I have. Oh, Lord, help me, Lord, to fear you and to remember that that's where it all begins, where a life of godly wisdom begins in the fear of the Lord. Lord, I have feared men. I have feared tomorrow. I have feared lack. I have feared all of these things. Everything I have said we should not fear. I have feared it. And it has driven my life in a tempest storm. And Lord, I don't want to be a child anymore. I want to be wise. I want to grow up and have your love perfected in me. For perfect love, maturing love, casts out all fear. Lord, I'm tired of being tormented by these fears. And so I give them to you. I don't know why it was so hard to give them to you. But I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to try my best to give them to you today and not take them back. Help me, Lord God. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, Lord, to fear you in every decision I make from this day forward, Lord. Lord, give me the power to repent. Give me the wisdom that comes from fearing you. In Christ's name we pray and all God's people said... Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray your time with us was very encouraging. If it was, consider sending us a note and also consider partnering with us. 